I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover Houghton Lispring. Visit their temporary sales home at Doxford International Business Park. Welcome along to the Wiseman's uh, preview show with Sun FM. Is that right? Is that how it's branded? I don't know. Yeah, it's something like that, isn't it? Yes. Well, it seems like ages since we've been in the studio anyway, because it has been quite a while, hasn't it? It's oh, been it's quite been nice, easy. hasn't it, actually, having a little bit of a break. One thing maybe the international break's good for. We don't have to sit here yeah. and mourn about Sunderland. It's been build, building up, though, hasn't it, for a few weeks, and now we get to do it. It's going to be worse this week now, it's isn't it? Worse. Don't say that. It'll never be worse. Every show is better than the last one. So myself, Stephen Goldsworth and Gareth Barker are joined by a couple of guests tonight. James Hunter from the Evening Chronicle is back with us again. Good evening. Nice to see you. Nice. And Michael Luff as well, who does some work with us over at Wiseman's Say, has joined us as well. All right. Bit of a regular now, Michael. <laughs> I'll, I'll reach and then just the, the nod of the yeah. head. Uh, yeah, what he'll do is sit silently for about 20 minutes and then unleash into something for five and that'll be his bit done. And then he sits down. And we turn his mic off, and then yeah. he can just let us know when he wants to talk again. That's Could what be... I bothered to turn up on time, that is. But he, he turned up on time tonight, so... Yeah, we would have started without you if you didn't, uh, like we did before. Uh, well, lots to talk about tonight, uh, because of the things that might have happened without Sunderland playing, some players returning from injury and stuff like that. We'll hear from Simon Grayson as well, and hopefully we've got our QPR guest which is a bit of a sentimental hopefully. one. Hopefully. I always say hopefully because you never know what's going to happen. They tell you they're coming on, and 99% of the time they do come on, but sometimes they don't. Hedge you bets. Re- yes. You can rely on Steve, though, can't you? The first the first guest, phone guest we ever had on Wise mm. Men four years ago. Yeah, and I, when I text him, <laughs> it just shows that we don't keep in touch or anything, because when I text him, I was surprised his number was there, and it was. And you know, like when, you, when your phone puts it in grey... It is if to imply like you never text this person, but we've got it. We've got it stored on the phone somewhere. And when it, and when I text him, it actually had the very first time. And when I asked him to come on from 2013, so that, third, that third of March or something like that. So was it? I'll, Fifth I'll of March or something like that. I love a check in a bit. 2013 got beat three one the following weekend. Mm. The QPR Andros Townsend scored that goal, and that was when they were like rubbish as well, wasn't it? When we were rushed. Well, yeah, but they got relegated, didn't they? Yeah, they, they have a knack of beating us when they get relegated at QBR, don't they? They're Loads like... of teams who got relegated. Well, yeah, they're not us. special on, on that no, front, not really, no. Not particularly. If people enjoyed the international weekend, people aren't as enthusiastic about it, international football as I I enjoyed the, some of the games this time. I, I don't know which games pe- people watched. Um, I don't know if people... Surely everybody watched Wales Island. Um, I, I saw the do or die the second, game. I saw the second half of that one, um, and I watched the two Scotland games because um, I was really interested to see what they what was going to happen there. Because uh, obviously there was a lot riding on their two games, um, and they were probably a little bit unfortunate, even though they didn't really do particularly well in the game in uh, Slovakia or Slovenia, even sorry. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I thought I quite enjoyed those two games. There was something on it, and that's what it was all about, really, wasn't it? Like it's. The drudgery of the qualifiers often it's done and dusted but there was probably a lot of 
qualifiers all over the world, wasn't there? I know Argentina, obviously, their situation, the USA, their situation, obviously, didn't mm, qualify. We've for got the USA Cup. listeners as well, and if they, if they are still relatively new to football. And they've now that's witnessed. That's not patronising. No, no, because some, no, because some of them they are. We get no that that we get emails from people saying I've been interested in football for four years or something like that, and we've come across Sunderland. That does happen. Apologies for the hardcore uh, football fans who've grown up like the rest of us following football. Gareth's trying to throw me under a bus there. Look but my point is, they've now witnessed Sunderland get relegated, and they've witnessed their cl- their country not qualifying yeah. for a World Cup. So welcome to yeah. the real world of being a football fan. Yeah. Mine was a bit of a hipster's choice for one hour of the game I took in with the qualifiers. I watched um, Australia versus Syria on YouTube yesterday. Um, the game wasn't exactly high on quality, to say the least, but it was very intense. Um, and it was just devastating at the end because um, Syria got knocked out courtesy of a Tim Cahill goal. And it just it just reminded me just of every game I've wanted a team to win. Tim Cahill's ruined it for me. Is and he just kept that tradition up. What is this? I mean, he must this, be some age now, Kiel. Yeah. He's older than me. The Syria thing. And I'm ancient. There's some interesting hot takes on that one online. I'm not going to go into them now because a lot of people are like romanticising the fact that they've got they've done so well. And the, but there's other people going like it shouldn't be romanticised because here's a cavalcade of reasons as to why not. So we'll not go there. Shame on you for enjoying yourself, Michael. <laughs> well, I'll give myself ten lashings for that yeah, when I get yeah. in. So. Gordon Strachan leaving Scotland as well uh, after their latest failure. Uh, could you see how it all made Moisey walking into that one, James? Uh, he almost certainly going to be one of the contenders, isn't he? You know, he's not yet back in uh, back in work anywhere else, so I, I can't see any reason why they wouldn't look at, at him. I, I wonder, to be to be perfectly honest, what what do Scotland want from a manager? I mean, they they went into into the qualifiers, at, you know, in the last international break, and and came pretty close to um, you know getting that playoff place. Um, let's face it. Would a, another manager have, have done much much better? I was surprised they got rid of him because he f- they finished the group with momentum, didn't they? Yeah, and I mean, um, the, the you, you know they, yeah. because they started off terribly. The Lithuania game on it is the one that's at home. Yeah, because they started really, off like yeah. they, they play like Scotland normally play, but then they finished the group quite strongly. So I was surprised that they did that. It would be interesting to hear Moyes' first uh, press conference if he did go in there, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. He'd be like, well, yeah. Scotland haven't qualified for anything for years. And even when we did qualify, we weren't that good then. <laughs> we barely got out of the group, so let's just calm down yeah. a little bit here. And with well, the with the genetic um, d- the genetic uh, problems that we've got in our country, apparently, um, we're never going to really qualify for anything until there's been a whole new generation of people have been born. So I'm going to be here for 40 years until uh, I fix that problem. So strap yourself in. That'll be his opening gambit. Genuinely, probably. genuinely interested to see where they go from that now. For that, I am interested to see what kind of manager they look for because Moyes is the obvious one. But yeah. I just you get a feeling they're going to want somebody a bit younger with a bit more energy, don't you? Just heard on the wireless on the way in, uh, Alec McLeish chucking his hat into the right, ring. Chuck, so. He chucks his hat in the ring for every he job going, likes. doesn't he? He's, he's, <laughs> he's been Scotland manager before. He has. You know, he like, did okay there as well. Yeah. I got him the Rangers job, didn't it? And that, and that's when he left. He was on another podcast actually recently. I was listening. To him. He was quite interesting, fella. He came. He was um, talking I'm, about how he um, discovered uh, Wilfred and Deedy. And it, uh, he was out when he was out at Bel- in Belgium. Was it Ghent he managed? I think, but yeah, I can't remember who it was. But yeah, he apparently um, he sort of discovered and signed Wilfred Ndidi. Although he didn't take all the credit for finding and signing him, um, and then uh, I think they sort signed him for about sixty grand, and obviously sold him for fifteen million to uh, to Leicester. So you know that's one good thing that he's done, <laughs> going from like managing Birmingham to Villa. Probably not a 
after relegating Birmingham, didn't he? Didn't he get relegated? On, yeah, he and did, then, and then he got then the then little job. Yeah. Yes, imagine that. <laughs> someone relegating Newcastle and then getting a Sunderland job. I'm sure they'd uh, roll out the red carpet. The only problem is uh, spotting a bargain in the transfer market. It's not one of the prerequisites for no, an uh, international manager. In that case, maybe David Moyes. Maybe he's like, I can't. So you know, what else am I going to do now? Give me the job. Maybe they'll give Marky Mackay a chance because he's working in, in the bowels of the SFA somewhere, isn't he? Or they could um, ask Walter Smith for advice, yeah. like Sunderland <laughs> did, yeah. um, and he goes straight to the next best team after Selig, yeah. knowing that Selig's yeah. manager is not a realistic choice for us. Yeah, give it Ali McCoist. Sabrasia from Scotland, that's what I said. Yeah. Ricky Sabrasia. Why not? Well, <laughs> how, how long have A couple you of players returned. Uh, well, one in particular. I, I don't want to over... I don't want to overdo this, James, but Paddy McNair seems like he's a saviour of our season. So many saviours, so little time. Um, <laughs> Did you get to the uh, under-23 game midweek? Yeah, I saw the under-23 game, played 45 minutes the first half against uh, Hertha Berlin, scored uh, the first goal in the 2-0 win, so uh, you did very well. Obviously, he played in uh, in midfield, uh, he was just feeling his way back, really, and into the into the game. Um, he, he's going to be several several uh, more matches like Duncan Watmore he's going to need several games before he's even on the fringes of the first team I think he'll probably play against uh, Arsenal under 23s on Monday and probably did Watmore play that many before he came back he did not yeah, he, play, he played he? about three or four didn't mm. he? he had two yeah. or three didn't he yeah. there'll be games going on behind closed doors as well won't there yeah and like I say they've, they've got two under 23 games next week um, you know and, and maybe uh, by then you'll be starting to look towards the end of the month maybe the checker trade game in early November and then perhaps then he might be ready for the first team Good performance though I know he scored but apart from that Yeah he did uh, you know he, he looked good he looked uh, he looked sharp you know he looked you know he needs to to, um, you know, to play his way back into it after being out for 11 months um, you know with such a serious injury but uh, but yeah for a player coming back from such a, a serious injury yeah he, he did well Yeah I was impressed with the goal he scored because McNair in interviews he talked about the fact that he sees himself as a more advanced player than maybe what he's been played at in the past at Manchester United and, and in his early Sunderland career. And I was very impressed with the way he followed the ball, the ball in when the Watmore shot was saved. It was a very good turn by Watmore and the good save from the keeper. But McNair was very instinctive, as I said, the way he followed the header in. It was, a, it was an excellent finish, really. And so if he is going to claim a place playing further forward, then he can't do himself any harm if he shows that kind of instinct on a regular basis. I guess what's weird in, in the league games... Um that McNair played um, very different to the the um, League Cup game where he scored twice he kind of came on in that 10 roll didn't he yeah. and then because we played a diamond I think at QBR and then but in the league games he was kind of played on the wing on the left before Nietzsche came in which was just bizarre and <laughs> then he played as a sort of a sitting midfielder in, in, the, in the two with one in front so when he even though Moyes came out and suggested he was a uh, more of a player who's going to play midfield and be a more advanced sort of member of that of that three. He never really did that in the league, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see coming back in. We've been dying for somebody who's going to get him, get into the box, and I think it's positive that he's played a championship team in that cup competition, scored twice coming on as a substitute. Mm-hmm. Then he comes in, he's playing probably more as an advanced midfielder in that game, scores. Yep. So he's obviously got. A desire to get into the box and and 
and, and do something. So, and we're desperately, desperately lacking that at the moment. Like I said, no pressure, but he's going to be the saviour of our season. <laughs> they were unf- unfortunate, really, because he just sort of found his right mm. position mm. and started to look good and, and look like he could hold down a place in that team when when the injury came. The game, that, that actual month, game against Hull, he was having a really good game. Yeah, also. he did. Mm. Yeah. He did, didn't he? Um, but I mean, it's, it's such a long time ago, isn't that? And it, it, Amazing to see how things have moved on since then. I mean, that was a game we won at home, which is, you know, a rarity. You only won one more after that. Yeah. Okay. Two were beat Leicester as well, just after. Was that, that was just game before Leicester? Leicester? That was the game that Duncan Walker got injured, injured in. Same, same beginning same, of December. Yeah. We won two more games, okay, right. Uh, Increase of 100%. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we do have Steve Colwell who's going to join us next because he just texted me saying, good to go, and so are we. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show. With Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover, Houghton Lispring. Visit their temporary sales home at Doxford International Business Park. We are now joined by Steve Colwell, who is a QPR fan. A couple of years since we've spoken to Steve, because obviously we've been in different divisions. But as we mentioned at the top of the show, Steve was actually the very first phone guest we ever got on when we started this podcast, myself and Gareth. I'm looking at the conversation, Steve, when I asked you to come on that first time, and it was in March 2013. How about that? Four years ago, eh? <laughs> it's Lot, amazing. A lot's happened uh, since then. Sunderland yeah. have had three successful relegation battles, one unsuccessful one. Tell us about QPR in that time. Um, well, as you've witnessed, and as most of the country has witnessed, we go up and we go down, we go up and we go down. Um, we've bought some rubbish players where we've been up, uh, Pay too much money for has-beens, and and now we're sort of paying the price. Really, we're having to do what we can to buy players for very little, or get cheapos or Bosmans, and uh, and we're picking up now. And we've actually got some good young players now. Well, you, you, every Sunderland fan listening to that now will be thinking, right? Okay, is this what's ahead for us? Picking up frees and picking up loans where we can. Is it, is it, is it been tough as a fan to take, or has it been refreshing in some way? Um, I think this season, or, and probably the last half of last season since Holloway come back, has been quite refreshing in a funny way, even though we've lost a hell of a lot of games in that time. Um, but we've started bringing in players that want to play football and want to play for QPR uh, rather than just want to pick up their wages. And we've been gradually getting rid of those. So that's refreshing, definitely. This sounds familiar, Jeremy, doesn't it? A manager looking for players who wants to play for the club and not just coming for a payday. You don't expect to, ha- to hear this from a club in West London, do you? Yeah, well, that's it. I'm, I'm you know, starting to remember, um, I think, last time Sunderland and um, QPR played you know, in, in the league. Wasn't that, wasn't that when uh, Martin O'Neill was manager back then, wasn't it? Was that oh, no, uh, Gus Poyet. When, when, Gus Poyet, defeat, when he came and had a go at the crowd afterwards, it was ah, right, towards yeah, the beginning of, of the end for Gus Poyet. That but, was, but that was that was sort of you know towards. I remember watching that uh, that uh, film at around the time you know the five year plan at, at, at QPR, and it just seemed that madness had descended, and, and in its own way, you know, madness came to Sunderland in terms of the money that was wasted on on players that didn't you know offer anything, and there was no. Um, there was no return on on those players, so I think Sunderland, are, you know, in a different way, they're, they're they're kind of on on the same places, on the same page as QPR. You know, they're now trying to build a, a team of players, um, you know, that that want to be here and that have something to offer, and and that are not the sort of uh, are not journeymen, journeymen, mercenaries mm. of the uh, you know of the recent past. Steve, tell us about Ian Holloway then. I think, if I'm being honest, I think a lot of people would have made a snap judgment when he went back to QPR and said, that won't work. 
Uh, he he did he did well at Blackpool and got them up to the Premier League, of course, didn't he? And they played attacking, exciting football. And then he went away and he said he rediscovered himself. He went to Spain and countries like that, I seem to remember, and said it would make him a better manager. But his career hasn't got back to that point yet. So what, what's, he, what's he like yeah. now? Well, he did quite well at Palace as well. So He know, did, yeah. Yeah, um, I think... I mean, a little while ago, when you were talking, I was nodding the way to what you, you both were saying. <laughs> I'm agreeing entirely, and um, QPR similar to Sunderland. Um, I think, well, looking at what's happened, he's got the team playing again, wanting to play. He, he's got spirit, and we all know that he's he's a character in a half. You know, um, I think that there are other people he's got in around him that have been quite good. Bringing Birchham back to the club was good. Is number two, um, you know, and and we bring back old favourites as um, scouts, and you know, it's, we're, we're getting people around again that are, care about QPI. It's becoming like an old boys club, you know, in a way <laughs> with the people coming in. So I'm quite, I feel quite good about it at the moment. Um, obviously, we're doing okay at the moment, but um, and I, I've got no dreams we're going to go up this season. But I think we're building a decent club again, yeah, and we've got a chance in the next two or three years maybe going up. What's the style of football like? Uh, oh, God, it's, it's very interesting. I, I think, I don't know, did you see the full of match because it was on telly? I saw the highlights, if no? I'm being honest, because oh, I, right. I, was, I, was, I, I was actually li- I was listening to it. I listened to it, yeah. I was driving, I had it on the radio. Yeah. Well, it was quite interesting because Fulham, incredible, they're sort of breaking away and they get from one end of the pitch to the other in about two seconds. But we had three times as many shots as them. We're making things, but our trouble at the moment is we've got no one up front who's going to really regularly put the ball in there since we lost Charlie Austin. Uh, and, and that's been a big thing because we're making chances for people to score. And we've also had trouble with defence this season. But I, I, I like Holloway, obviously. I've, I've always liked him. I, I think we got rid of him too quickly when we got promoted um, to, to the Championship last under him, you know. And uh, I think he should have been given more time then. But I, 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 I like him. I'm a, I'm a Holloway man. <laughs> so Sunderland this weekend, um, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm sure you're aware this is huge ginormous monkey on the back of the moment when it comes to Sunderland playing at home yep. that must be something that's yep. encouraging you well it's a bit the other way because we haven't won for ages even away from home so, so uh, I don't know um, I, I gave a little um, prediction on the Salu Sunderland uh, site and I, I said we'd lose 3-1 <laughs> um, because I wasn't feeling very optimistic at the time but I've been thinking back on it and you know I don't know. I think we've got a chance at winning this one, or at least get a draw. Yeah. It didn't take long to talk yourself out of your initial uh, prediction. <laughs> no, it was only about two days ago. I to Sally Sunderson. It was just after um, oh, I've forgotten who the chap is on it. Who, who Colin Randall, isn't it? Yeah. And and I forgot that I'd said that. And then I I've thought about it and looked at it, and I'm thinking, you know, we've actually got a very good midfield, which is what we have got, and and we've got a couple of important defenders out, but. The, we've got um, Baptista's been actually feeling in amazingly well mm. coming coming into the side, and if we can keep the ball out of the net, I don't think we will. I think we're going to let in at least one goal. But um, we've got a great keep. You know, it's the thing if we've got a lot of good players, but we're missing a few sort of cogs in the wheel. Uh, we, we, are, we are missing a few players that could make it much better. So how how um, far back does that poor away form go then? It's not something I realise to be honest. I guess the reason I'm asking that is because the sides that Sunderland have lost to at home this season which is most of the sides have played apart from one um, they've all been 
a lot more streetwise in Sunderland. Those players, they came here, they did a job, they knew what they had to do to get out with yeah. a win. Uh, Forrest came for a draw and got a win still. Uh, that's a that's a different story. Do QPR have yeah. those players? Because if you haven't won in however long, uh, maybe not on the road. Not on the road, no. Um, and we haven't won for a little while in home either. Um, we've got, I said, we've got a good midfield. We've got people that can score goals coming from midfield as well. Um, it's it's difficult to say, you know. It's I don't know. Against Fulham, we had something like twenty eight, thirty shots on and a not on goal. You know, we we were sort of hammering at the, at the Fulham goal, but we just can put the ball in there. It, it's that bit of luck thing sometimes you find with strikers particularly isn't it they'll go and go and go and not score and then they'll not stop scoring but um, we haven't got great strikers that that is definite um, but we have got people who can score for midfield so you know I, 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 oh, I said, because I, I immediately thought we were going to get stuffed basically because we're away from home and and it's a long way to go <laughs> for me particularly I'm not going to this match this time but um, it's a long long way for me to go and I do like going to Sunderland but uh, it's uh, I don't know we, we need to get someone who can put the ball in net regularly that's the trouble we haven't got that player and, and how far does this away thing go back all of this season or beyond um, probably since we got rid of Charlie Austin <laughs> Yes. You know, he, he was the lad that we were scoring. We just gave the ball to him and he scored a goal, basically in the air, on the floor, whatever. Um, we 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 really missed him him going to Southampton. It's um, February, isn't it? February, February, the last the last away win for QPR. Is that right? February. Does that sound about right? Oh, I can't remember when we lost. I, I really can't remember when we lost one away from us. I think it's February. Um, that's how much it's rememberable. I can't remember we lost. Well, some, away, some don't have won at home since yeah. December, so there you go. So it's it's two two yeah, teams. Yeah. We, we both concede goals. Maybe an entertaining four four or something like that. You sound like you've changed your, your mind, Steve, and you, you you're confident or semi confident than I was. Give us a prediction. Well, I'll, say, I'll go. <laughs> the thing is, I could go for a draw just to make sure I've got all three results, couldn't I? Um, <laughs> I, I I'm. It all depends on really on how we play because we we've been playing uh, under Holloway. It's his style, wasn't it? It's to, to really work hard and stop the other team playing football. Certainly early on in the match, um, if we can do that and score a goal, we've got a good chance. That's where it is. If we don't score, then we you know the QPR team gets shattered and because uh, they're doing so much running and not actually getting anything out of it. Uh, and it's like that. But we've got. As I say, we've got three midfielders. I don't know if Luongo's going to be playing because he played for Australia the other day, so I'm not sure if he will be playing. But um, it, it's certainly with him, Scowan. Scowan's been a, a, a great signing for a defensive midfield player. Uh, and, and Freeman is a great attacking uh, midfield player. So we, we've got three good midfield players there, and a couple of youngsters, Manning and, and Weaver, who, who've come into the club and doing quite well as well. So... The midfield, I'm not worried about is whether we can keep the ball out <laughs> and score a goal from the front three or four. Yeah. Wise men say Sun FM preview show with Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover Houghton Lispring. Visit their temporary servicing home at Doxford Drive, Peter Lee. Thanks to Steve there. I don't think we were going to get him off the fence in any way. He was he, he wasn't keen on committing to something there, was he at all? A bit, like him, a bit like you. Mm. I'm not sure you're right there, but maybe you are right. Right, okay. Um, no, there's one. Right. There's one QBR game. <coughs> me and you talk about a lot. 
<laughs> Do you know which one I mean straight away? Yeah, yeah, because we talked about it before. We so which one? Which one? The Mike Sheeran the incident. The Mike Sheeran incident. The Chris, were, you, well, were, you, were you covering Sunderland then, James, or was that just before your time? This is the year we got to the playoffs under Reid. No, that was just before my time. Mm. Well, the, the thing about that one as well was... We'd been on this massive winning run, hadn't we? Yeah. And, and we we even beat Forrest away, who, were, who yeah. went on to win the league that yeah. season. And it was seen as like a, as well. yeah, a top-of-the-table clash, and we stuffed them at, 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 at the city ground. Yeah. And then we had the we had two games over Easter. We had QB uh, on the Friday night, and then we had um, West Brom mm. away on the Monday... And we drew three all at West Brom on the Monday, but the killer was the the game at um, at the stadium. Like it was both because even well, the West Brom game, Lee Hughes equalised in the last minute. We were well, we, two, we were two nil down, weren't we? Or weren't we, we came no, out with three two. No, it was no, definitely not. Were we not two up? Then it was twos each. Then we went three two up, and then remember. Lee Hughes equalised in the last minute for them. But anyway, the QPR game, we the were QPR. two nil up on Corston. Well, we? well, yeah. I thought we lost the game, did we? No, we drew. Did we? This is unforgettable. This game, yeah, obviously, is, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody can remember what happened. Well, what the thing? We I drew think, two, two. Well, Chris Megan came on as a sub and had an absolute mare, and he was. I think Quinn fault. scored the two, and we were cruising. Yeah, the keeper dropped the ball for the first one, and he tapped it in, and then. But I remember the the main Mike Sheeran scored quite a good goal actually, the first one, which was like outside the foot from the edge of the box. But then he got like Chris Megan back pass. Like straight to Mike Sheeran, and uh, he went through and scored, and that was, I think, that was the night where you thought, oh no, and the Ipswich game as well, which was uh, that that season was the killer. Um, later, there was a few at the end of that season where we kind of managed to snatch victory from the jaws of, sorry, defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, but yeah, the, the that that is a significant QPR game um, at the Stadium of Light. We beat them last time, didn't we? With, uh, I think, Sessegnon. No, we got beaten last time, didn't we, actually, um, under Poyet. That was the infamous... Um, <laughs> the infamous um, Jordi Gomez playing as a weird left midfielder mm. game. You knew he, he he lost the fans after that game because yeah, yeah. there was a spirited second-half comeback where the players just started look like they were interested and started chasing the balls the down. Behind, yeah, the crowd got behind them. And he took that as the crowd wanting the more direct style of play and saying you know I'm not the guy to do that and bring that here and really the, I think the fans were just yeah. acknowledging the, the effort I brought the fixture up on Stadcat and it was 2-2 Quinn scored 2 and then Mike Shoon scored 2 it just makes you depressed looking at the Sunderland yeah. team that's starting 11 Perez in goal Megan and Gray fullbacks Holloway and Williams centre half Lee Clark and Kevin Ball centre midfield Summerby Johnson wingers Quinn and Phillips up front look at the bench that? as well the bench, Craddock Ray, Dicchio. Di- Is it Dicchio or Dicchio? Which one do you go for? Don't know. Don't care. Don't care. You've spoken to him, James, I'm guessing. I'm going to go Dicchio. Dicchio. Oh, don't you me. <laughs> Sassed it. Just for reference, get that West Brom fixture up and we'll see if... Uh, cause the I, West Brom fixture. It's the one next to it. I've opened the tab next to it. Oh, yeah. There you go. 3-3. Three, three. No, we were two down after 11 minutes. and we came, we were, Then we were 3-2 up. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. Kevin Kilban. Uh, we've got the second for and Kevin for and Kevin Ball and Johnson for us. Right. Well, it was a dramatic. It was a dramatic weekend of football. It was. We've got that to look forward to because uh, you get the um, the full Easter program, don't you? In the in the Championship, which you don't get in the Premier League. But onto onto things. 
Yeah. I want you to mention this. Me, me mention this. Go on, yeah. So you'll, you'll do, you'll do it I'll better. I'll do it better, will I? Um, so if you head over, I know what we've mentioned on the show previously about the, the Red and White Army, which is the sort of new um, sort of fully transparent democratic fan group, which you can get involved in. If you head over to redandwhitearmy.co.uk, you can sign up there via email. Go do that. Even if you feel like you, you don't want or need or you don't have the inclination to be actively involved yeah. and push forward ideas... Numbers are important. Yeah. So any Sunderland fans really who who, who do want uh, a better line of communication with the club yeah. and the opportunity to to be heard um, within a democratic group, if you're happy with that concept, all you need to do is just sign up. Absolutely. Don't need to do anything else. Absolutely. And it's not. Some people may have interpreted again just really at the point. It's not a a protest group with a with a defined outcome. The aim is to open and maintain a. A, a, a work and dialogue with the club, um, and, and it hopefully will be here long after we're gone as well. That's the that's the that's the aim. But anyway, the the few updates on that at the moment. You, if you head over to the website, they'll be on there. The minutes from the meeting, um, which was held at the Peacock um, a few weeks ago, um, that that's on there now. So you can you can read up on what went on there. It was a decent turnout. I know Stephen, you were there, and it was about sixty seventy people came yeah, in, right. um, and. Also, the, um, the, the, the there was a letter sent from the group to to the club, requesting a a, a meeting with with Martin Bain, and the, the Martin's come back and said he's willing to meet with the the interim chair to to sort of discuss how um, the the working sort of dialogue is going to go forward. I think um, between between the group and the club, so it's a good opportunity to to get a bit of the foot in the door and then take it from there. But I understand there'll be scepticism and, and cynicism around it as a cynic myself. You never know. You know but you know, you got to, you know, pizza. Some good people. There's some good people trying to do something for everybody there, and that's that's the main takeaway. It's not about egos or people, you know, wanting to have, you know, a cup of tea with Martin Bain. It's not about that. It's about being proactive and and trying to, you know, give give fans the opportunity to 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 bring ideas to the table if they want to, and that that's the bottom line. But also. It was at the Peacock, and this weekend we'll be back in the Peacock before the QBR game. And our guest this week is John Oster. So that should be quite interesting. It's not a guest we've had on the show before, so that'll be quite good. I have a habit of doing this with the live show guests. Yeah, People we yeah. haven't worked with before, which is bizarre, because <laughs> you'd think we'd have, just have the, the tried and tested ones who've been in the yeah. studio and stuff. But Yeah, but a few next few weeks, Bristol City game, we've got Gordon Armstrong coming on again. Um, who, who did did one a few weeks ago with us. Who was, um, anyone who was there will sort of suggest that he was very good and the following home game on the Saturday is Millwall I think that's mid-November um, and we've got Stephen Elliott I think it's the 18th of November so Sleeves will be sitting with us and having a bit crack so that'll be quite good as well so get those dates in your diary and hopefully we'll see you on Saturday, Saturday. For about come along if you've never been just give it a 12. try yeah, and it's, it's a very intimate event and it just turns into a bit of a Q&A and it lasts for about 40-45 minutes normally yeah. and we, we, we look at the team selection coming and everything like that and we just get some Opinions on Sunderland. It's a bit like a preview year. show on the telly, isn't it? But, yeah. You know, with a bit more of a, you know, bit, bit more interesting, isn't it? Because it's about Sunderland, and not about the opposition, which usually happens when we play somebody on the television. They just talk about them for fifteen minutes, mm. and then we get a mention at the end about how bad we are, yeah, and then be, we get there'd, beat. There'd be no so, mentions of Mike Sheeran. Well, it might be, if, and he might come in. You never know. Maybe we've booked him. <laughs> Maybe I've booked him. You'll get Ed Sheeran by mistake. <laughs> 
Uh, so I think he'd probably, be cool, wouldn't yeah, it? I think he probably costs a little bit more than we could afford, to be honest. You never know if he's in town, he might pop along the peacock, you just never know. Who's he supported, Sheeran? Wouldn't like to guess. He, so, once, he once came on the stage um, in the Hartlepool top. Um, I was informed on quite good authority by a Hartlepool support. Is he on the mag? He looks like one, doesn't he? I've got a feeling he is, you know. I'd, I'd, from what I gather, I don't think he's a football fan. I don't even think he. I don't even think like he attached himself to a from team. From what I can gather, Mike, I was like, from he knows all gather. about him, doesn't he? He's like, from what I can gather. Well, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's a very close circle of gingers, so we have to. <laughs> in have to know about each other and look yeah. out for each other. So what it is? I saw, I, I saw. Are, you, are you going to come along to watch um, our guest John Oster before the the game? Yep. Oh, right. that, that wasn't very convincing. Yes. He said he, he said yes with conviction, yeah. but he hasn't been a one yet. But we so. can't we can't do I, I, the. Um, I've never previously yeah. promised I was going to turn up, so <laughs> we can't do the the Bristol City one. So Rory's doing it, so you'll have to do it with him. I'm not joking either. <laughs> Me and Stephen are away, so there you go. You've been roped into that as well. Don't be late for that one, though. Hey? Don't let yourself because down. Because if you're on stage, you'll be watching. Exactly. You know, we don't want to empty chair. Exactly. And we'll tell Rory to empty chair. Yeah. 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 Well, but, uh, we are, yeah. Well, there's inevitable. Um, there's going to be empty seats because it's on the isn't it? on the Mike Sheeran thing. You remember when Mark Clattenburg got um got uh, wrong for he left didn't because referees supposed to leave games together. And he left um, oh, to go to yeah. an Ed Sheeran concert. So he left early and went off track because he's supposed to travel to games and from games is, is the referee team. And he nicked off and went to see Ed Sheeran. The next morning, I was in a, having me breakfast up the road from where I live. And then he comes to the car park with, uh, of course, I didn't know it was Ed Sheeran gate had transpired at that time, but it was the morning after. And he came in and had his uh, breakfast in the same place I did. So I could have got some photos and sold them to the Daily Mail, had I known, because they would have loved that, wouldn't they? Post Sheeran, Clattenburg feasts on sausage or something like that, they would have put probably. Disgraced Premier League referee. <laughs> Incredibly rich Premier League referee, Mark Clattenburg. It's a bit of a harsh rule, that one, isn't it? Making them leave, leave. together. Well, it's stuff. to stop people, you know, cheating. But to be fair, though, he was very, very officious with the with the lass in the in the uh, taking his order, which I, I did find quite amusing. It's very insistent about how he he was like, "Don't just re- last time he ordered this, and you just start replacing items on the breakfast." He was like, "Don't do that." He was like, "If you if you're going to replace something, come and see me first, and I'll tell you what I want you to replace it with." And then he like sent her away, and I was like, did "You have a little black book." With <laughs> I, know, I was thinking, he was like, "I'll, yeah. and then I'll he, take and the and order." Then he got the yellow card yeah. out as she walked away. <laughs> I write down exactly yeah. what I want. Yeah. Did he insist she retreated ten yards? Yeah, I'm That sounds like um, I'm making it up because he's a referee. I'm not. I don't think anyone would think you're making that up. That's not a cool enough story to make up really. No, it's not It's an really, interesting one from the context of tonight and talking. But it would have been good if they did get the order wrong so he could have yellow carded or wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have that been. That would be absolutely I didn't, fantastic. I didn't, I didn't know if I, I was there when his meal arrived, but um, no, he was he was very officious. So, you know, he obviously takes his work home with him. <laughs> Breakfast with Barker. Up with the two Breakfast with Barker. The two yeah, linesmen are in, in, in the bedroom. Mark still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was saying, this. tell you what, that fella from that wise man say, podcast, he doesn't have to put some scran away, does he? That's what <laughs> <laughs> so he was saying to his last at the time. I overheard him. Well, you admit that on the show, don't yeah, you? Yeah, well, don't you know, exactly. You don't care. Right, we'll come back. We're going to hear from Simon Grace and we're going to talk about the game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show. With Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover Houghton Lispring. Take a test drive at their Doxford Business Park temporary home. Okay, here's something... That's new, but not new. Jack Rodwell sent a half. Played there the other night, James. Let's hear from Simon Grayson on it first. Well, it's, it's a decision we both took, to be fair. Uh, after I spoke to Jack early on in my days, it's probably two, three days in, if not earlier than that, and we're talking about what I needed to try and get him back to the level of um, <clears throat> fitness, um, his potential of, of what he showed, obviously, with the moves that he's had previously. Um, and, and he said he did, up to going into Everton's first team, he saw him, he was playing um, centre-half in all the England teams, etc. And he just felt that that might be his best position for himself, his, psychologically, maybe um, physically as well. Maybe his body can't take the demands of playing in midfield anymore. I know he's still young, but sometimes these factors happen. So... After consideration of, of looking at it over the last few weeks, we decided to play him at uh, uh, Doncaster and then again the other night. So um, he's done OK in the games, uh, but it gives us another option of, of what he might do. And, and you see Mark Wilson has been out for a couple of games, so um, Lamin was left out just purely for tactical reasons that we wanted to go with John and Tyus, and, and they played very well, them two. And there's no reflection on, on Lamine, really. We, we went for a team to, to get us a result and, and a performance, and we got that at Preston, unfortunately. We couldn't get the win. But there was performances to suggest that there's some good signs. And, and John O'Shea coming into the team, you know what you're going to get. He's an experienced player, played at the highest level, internationally, club football. And I just felt that his experience, his vo- voice amongst the other players would be a big boost and help to everybody else. And I think that proved on the day. I mean, all the telltale signs of somebody just so... just unaware of where he is uh, at the moment in uh, this, in this place Grayson, in time. No, Jack Rodwell. Rodwell. Because Jack Rodwell had previously come out and rubbish reports that he was a, a defender and said, no, I know I played there when I was younger, but midfield is my position. And it's almost James if he's thinking... I just need a reboot in somewhere, something to just refresh this and start over. And, and you know, I don't want to say last throw of the dice, but it probably is last throw of the dice for him to, to stake a claim doing something. You know, I, th- I think, you know, you've got a, a player in Jack, Jack Rodwell. He's a, he's a talented player or can be, and he's proved that in the past. Um, nothing has gone right for him since he's been at Sunderland. Um, he's got, he's had horrendous injury problems. Uh, when he has played, he hasn't played to the to the standard that anybody expected or, or wanted um, and so it's really a case of, of trying anything and everything to get something out of this player that you've got I mean he's under contract I think until 2019 
I, I see people on my timeline on Twitter all the time saying, why don't we just sack the guy, pay him off, get rid. I think, okay, so, so you shovel a great big check in his direction. Uh, and what does that gain you? It gains you nothing. If you can try and get something, some kind of return from from Jack Rod, well, you're never going to get a £10 million player out of him. You know, that's, that's done and dusted. That's gone. But you, if you can get somebody that you can utilise and, and use it, you know, at various times, then that's got to be better than nothing at all. If you're going, if you're going to pay him, and you're going, and you are going to pay him because he's under contract, um, try and get what you can out of him. And if that's as a centre back, if if that's possible, uh, you know, and I haven't seen enough of him there. I've seen him play there several times, but I'd like to see him a lot more before I can make a proper judgment. Um, then then so be it. I think the word that, that you use, Stephen, is very much the right one. His career needs a, a reboot. Certainly does. Okay, well, we've all mentioned ourselves that we have this massive monkey on our back. We haven't won at home. Simon Grayson was naturally asked about that today. We've got to now put on a performance for 90 minutes if we can with the show the real effort, desire, commitment of and do whatever's required to go and win the game. Because we've got, like I said, we've got three important home games, and the fans are important. We've got a fans fest in uh, the back end of October as well. I want supporters to come to the club and enjoy what they're seeing, seeing that the players are working for the shirt, see what goes on behind the scenes at the fans fest, where they see how hard the players are working um, on a daily basis and interact with everybody. Because we've said, or I've said from day one that the only way that a club can be successful is if everybody's in in it together. Supporters can play a massive part this month and for the rest of the season and for massive parts of this season so far sports have been very good I talk about sort of the atmosphere at uh, the stadium alight and sampled it a few occasions where they've got really behind the team and then suddenly they have the, the wind knocked out the sails by us making a mistake or conceding and, and that's when obviously people have got a right to criticise when you make mistakes so let's hope we don't give them anything to uh, many mistakes on Saturday and, and the place becomes a real buoyant atmosphere for everybody because I'm sure there's no better stadiums in uh, the Championship and even in the Premiership at times um, a, a real vibrant stadium alike, and um, let's let's hope that Saturday's the start of it all. Not a lot else he can really say, James, but it is getting a bit repetitive now, isn't it? It is, but but like you say, you know, and as I said said to you earlier on, nothing's changed. It's it's the same. It's it's the same as when he walked in on day one. He walked in uh, on on day one and took over a team that hadn't won. A game since last December, and he's still got a team that hasn't won a game at home since last December. So, he, so it's unsurprising that he's still saying the same things. I think, he, I think if I'm right, he's, he's uh, his own personal winless streak is five games at home, which isn't good. But it's by no means everybody refers back to to December because that's how long, obviously, the, the the fans recall. But that's not his record. His record is five games, home games without without a win. So I think you have to put, keep that in perspective but obviously it feels much longer because we've all been here long before he has his record as well though is I think one win in 16 in the championship so that's not great for him if we're talking about personal records but that's, that's by you're the by you're talking with a different team yeah, different set of by. players different set of circumstances yeah. so the, you can't really transfer that when you're, talking, when you're talking about the, the, the fans as well you know I think that's the most important thing in terms of the reaction response and, and the atmosphere and like he says in, in that piece there, you know, when we go behind or, or or a mistake happens and causes us to suffer, the wind gets knocked out of people's sails, and that's because the fans haven't seen a win at home since 
December and they've had, well, I say we're, we've been in the same situation say, since we spoke to Steve four, four, four and a half years ago. I mean, haven't we? We've been struggling against relegation. Um, we've had numerous players, numerous managers. Nobody's been able to solve the problem. Everyone's making comments about, you know, it's a rotten core. There's something in the deep in the club that's wrong and, you know, nobody knows how to fix it, all that kind of thing. So, you know, that's, I think that's where the weariness and the support comes from. Um, and to be fair, the fact that there's still 25 home fans that go to every game is a minor miracle, in my Just opinion. <laughs> you know, well, there probably is, really isn't there. About twenty five home fans out twenty five thousand home fans. I'm saying twenty five as in twenty five thousand, <laughs> Michael. Even if it was twenty five I'd probably be still impressed, you know. Because that's a, it is a ridiculous situation that we've been in for such a long time and people it's it's, it's natural that people get sick. So you're, you're entirely right, you know, and I absolutely understand and, and share the, the fans' frustrations with that because it goes back such a long way and, and I can understand why people um get dispirited and downhearted. The problem is that, that that does have a side effect of making life harder for the, for the team. That's not the fans' fault, obviously. But the point is that, that when a, a pass goes astray or you concede an early goal, you can feel the the wind go out of the sails. It's like bursting a balloon in, in, in a stadium of light. And that makes it so much more difficult for, for, the, for the team to get back on terms and it's how do you solve that because it's not this group of players fault necessary, necessarily um, for all the things that have gone before but the fans have been through it all before and, and have seen it and, and have been ground down by it and it's how do you you, you know you almost want to draw a line in the sand and say, say to the fans well treat this as day one but that's impossible I think when you look at it as well across the course of the season when you come away from the games individually you know you'd be very annoyed about some of the results um, and some of the performances, but I would say the Derby game probably a little bit unfortunate not to win that one. Um, I think the Leeds game was just frustrating. We were terrible against Sheffield United. The Nottingham Forest one was just again we couldn't score. Should've even should have won, won that, that game. game. And, won that game. and again, I thought the Cardiff game. I thought we did all right in that game, um, and we, we were on we top, were on top and, and gave a stupid way. mistake. And that's a team who, well, I think after they won that game, they might have been even second or first yeah. after winning that game. That's the difference, Gareth. So you've got a game against Cardiff that could have gone either way. And because of the atmosphere and, and, and the problems that we've spoken about at Sunderland, the game goes in Cardiff's favour. If you've got a bouncing stadium of light and everybody's confident and on top of it, it goes in Sunderland's direction. That's yeah. the difference. I don't think I don't know if the atmosphere would have stopped Lamine Corney pushing that fella in the back nine. But no, but, but but you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. It's it, it, it's it's the it's the little things that yeah. that, yeah. that make I, the difference. I do agree with um, James's point. Um, but the thing I would like to say is, um, I think we've seen already this season what can happen when Sunderland show any kind of green shoots of recovery. So the Preston game. I mean, you'll remember Stephen and Gareth how positive we were on the podcast two days after, and we're still second bottom of the championship, and we've just drawn two two at Preston. But we were like very positive and talked the job up. After our opening four games, when we hadn't, when we were undefeated, there was a real kind of vibrant atmosphere around the place. And I just think of it the way things are going, and because it's been that long since a home win, when the day comes where we finally break the hoodoo, I do think it'll be a really good atmosphere. And then if we can get the win on Saturday, suddenly you think, oh great, we've got our next two out, two of our next three games are at home. And suddenly yeah. you're looking forward to it, and you can generate a bit of momentum. And I've said this before on the podcast, and. I'll sound like you're a bit of a broken record, but like James also said earlier, things aren't haven't changed, and until they do change, 
then it's going to be the same. But I do think that if we can just get like a win under our belts, then the whole club can just be so much more buoyant. And like I said before, the fans we want to get behind them. You know, we want the team to succeed. Um, I, like you say, it's just frustrating. But as I say, if we get a positive result the weekend, then we can put a run together. Because as I've argued before, I don't think this team is anywhere near as bad as what the league table reflects. No, I think we can all agree on that. So hopefully we'll see some of you along uh, at the Peacock before the game. We didn't discuss Duncan Watmore tonight. It goes without saying the impact he would have if somebody like that starts. Could say he's a saviour, Stephen. No, that's Paddy McNair. <laughs> Paddy's my guy for that. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover Houghton Lispring. Take a test drive at their Doxford Business Park temporary home.